Section 37 of the Golden Treasury of the Best Songs and Lyrical Pieces in the English Language. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joe Brenneman. The Golden Treasury, selected by Francis T. Palgrave. Section 37, Poems 195-203. One hundred ninety five The Flight of Love When the lamp is shattered, the light in the dust lies dead. When the cloud is scattered, the rainbow's glory is shed. When the lute is broken, sweet tones are remembered not. When the lips have spoken, loved accents are soon forgot. As music and splendor survive not the lamp and the lute, the heart's echoes render no song when the spirit is mute no song but sad dirges like the wind through a ruined cell or the mournful surges that ring the dead seaman's knell when the hearts have once mingled love first leaves the well-built nest the weak one is singled to endure what it once possessed o love who bewailest the frailty of all things here why choose you the frailest for your cradle your home and your beer its passions will rock thee as the storms rock the ravens on high bright reason will mock thee like the sun from a wintry sky from thy nest every rafter will rot and thine eagle home leave thee naked to laughter when leaves fall and cold winds come p b shelley 196. The Maid of Needpath O lover's eyes are sharp to see, and lover's ears in hearing, and love and life's extremity can lend an hour of cheering. Disease had been in Mary's bower, and slow decay from mourning, though now she sits on Needpath's tower to watch her love's returning. All sunk and dim, her eyes so bright, Her form decayed by pining, Till through her wasted hand at night You saw the taper shining. By fits a sultry hectic hue Across her cheek was flying, By fits so ashy pale she grew, Her maidens thought her dying. Yet keenest powers to see and hear Seemed in her frame residing, before the watchdog pricked his ear, she heard her lover's writing. Ere scarce a distant form was kenned, she knew and waved to greet him, and o'er the battle mitt did bend, as on the wing to meet him. He came past in heedless gaze, as o'er some stranger glancing. Her welcome spoke in faltering phrase, lost in his coursers prancing. The castle arch, whose hollow tone returns each whisper spoken, could scarcely catch the feeble moan which told her heart was broken. Sir W. Scott 197. The Maid of Needpath Earl March looked on his dying child, and smit with grief to view her. The youth, he cried, whom I exiled, shall be restored to woo her. She's at the window many an hour, his coming to discover, 
and he looked up to Ellen's bower, and she looked on her lover. But ah, so pale, he knew her not, through her smile on him was dwelling, and am I then forgot, forgot, it broke the heart of Ellen. In vain he weeps, in vain he sighs, her cheek is cold as ashes, nor love's own kiss shall wake those eyes to lift their silken lashes. T. Campbell 198 Bright star, would I were steadfast as thou art, not in lone splendor hung aloft the night, and watching with eternal lids apart, like nature's patient sleepless air might. The moving waters, at their priest-like task, of pure ablution round earth's human shores, or gazing on the new soft-fallen mask of snow upon the mountains and the moors, no, yet still steadfast, still unchangeable, pillowed upon my fair love's ripening breast, to feel forever its soft fall and swell, awake forever in a sweet unrest. Still, still to hear her tender taken breath, and so live ever, or else swoon to death. J. Keats 199. The Terror of Death when I have fears that I may cease to be, Before my pen has gleaned my teeming brain, Before high-piled books and charactery Hold like rich garners the full-ripened grain, When I behold upon the night's starred face Huge cloudy symbols of a high romance, And think that I may never live to trace Their shadows with the magic hand of chance, and when I feel, fair creature of an hour, That I shall never look upon thee more, Never have relish in the fairy power Of unreflecting love than on the shore. Of the wide world I stand alone and think, Till love and fame to nothingness do sink. J. Keats 200. Desideria Surprised by joy, impatient as the wind, I turn to share the transport, oh, with whom? But thee deep buried in the silent tomb, That spot which no vicissitude can find. Love, faithful love, recalled thee to my mind. But how could I forget thee, through what power, Even for the least division of an hour, Have I been so beguiled as to be blind? To my most grievous loss, that thought's return was the worst pang that sorrow ever bore, save one, one only, when I stood forlorn, knowing my heart's best treasure was no more, that neither present time nor years unborn could to my sight that heavenly face restore. W. Wordsworth 201. At the mid-hour of night, when the stars are weeping, I fly, to the lone vale we loved when life shone warm in thine eye and i think oft if spirits can steal from the regions of air to revisit past scenes of delight thou wilt come to me there and tell me our love is remembered even in the sky then i sing the wild song it once was rapture to hear when our voices commingling breathed like one on the ear 
and as echo far off through the vale my sad orison rolls i think o oh my love tis thy voice from the kingdom of souls faintly answering still the notes that once were so dear t moore two hundred and two elegy on thyrza and thou art dead as young and fair as aught of mortal birth and forms so soft and charms so rare to soon return to earth though earth received them in her bed and o'er the spot the crowd may tread in carelessness or mirth there is an eye which could not brook a moment on that grave to look i will not ask where thou liest low nor gaze upon the spot their flowers and weeds at will may grow so i behold them not it is enough for me to prove that what i loved and long must love like common earth can rot to me there needs no stone to tell tis nothing that i loved so well yet did i love thee to the last as fervently as thou who didst not change through all the past and canst not alter now the love where death has set its seal nor age can chill nor rival steal nor falsehood disavow and what were worse thou canst not see or wrong or change or fault in me the better days of life were ours the worst can be but mine the sun that cheers the storm that lowers shall never more be thine the silence of that dreamless sleep i envy now too much to weep nor need i to repine that all those charms have passed away i might have watched through long decay the flower in ripened bloom unmatched must fall the earliest prey though by no hand untimely snatched the leaves must drop away and yet it were a greater grief to watch it withering leaf by leaf than see it plucked to-day since earthly eye but ill can bear to trace the change from foul to fair i know not if i could have borne to see thy beauties fade the night that followed such a morn had worn a deeper shade thy day without a cloud hath passed and thou wert lovely to the last extinguished not decayed as stars that shoot along the sky shine brightest as they fall from high as once i wept if i could weep my tears might well be shed to think i was not near to keep one virgil over thy bed to gaze how fondly on thy face to fold thee in a faint embrace uphold thy drooping head and show that love however vain nor thou nor i can feel again yet how much less it were to gain though thou hast left me free the loveliest things that still remain then thus remember thee the all of thine that cannot die through dark and dread eternity returns again to me and more thy buried love endears than aught except its living years lord byron two hundred and three 
One word is too often profaned for me to profane it. One feeling too falsely disdained for thee to disdain it. One hope is too like despair for prudence to smother, and pity from thee more dear than that from another. I can give not what men call love, but wilt thou accept not? The worship the heart lifts above, and the heavens reject not. The desire of the moth for the star, of the night for the morrow, the devotion to something afar from the spear of our sorrow. P. B. Shelley. End of section thirty seven.